honor thy mother and thy father. Well, they didn't honor me. So what do you do? How do you heal your broken soul? Well, come on in as we discuss part two of the core wound. I'm not a doctor, no ABCs. And if you are triggered by subjects related to trauma, then please, please, please listen at a later time. I want you to protect your peace. And if you feel that you're in crisis, please call 911. You have tuned into Breaking the Mask of Depression with your host, Diva with Depression. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking the Mask of Depression with me, your host, The Diva with Depression. How y'all doing? Everybody good? Well, I hope everybody's taking care of themselves. I hope that you are doing whatever it takes to keep your physical and your emotional health replenished. (laughs) You know, I I know that there's so much going on in the world. Um, I did a, a talk, an interview the other day with someone, a really special person, and we were talking about journal journalism, you know, the news and, and how do you block out the news of the world in, in order to protect your peace. And I know it's very, very hard. So I hope that you guys are doing one or two things to just give you some peace, even if it's one minute a day or one hour a day or a whole day. Find your peace. But let's get into what we're talking about today. So last week, we started with the core wounds, uh, the core wounds, the soul wounds, and it was pretty deep. I don't, you know, I don't know how you guys (laughs) took it. I know for me, writing about it was something that, you know, well, I'm easily triggered. So I don't know how I'm always telling y'all not to be triggered, but I'm easily triggered. And it was a little triggering to talk about it because you really are talking about unearthing some things that are are buried really, really deep. And not only is it painful, but it can be dangerous also. And I know that that's one of the things that my therapist is always concerned with, that um, she's not going to be around when some of these things start coming up. And I get it. Like, you know, she, she can't always be around and the mind is 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 a, the mind is a mind of its own. <laughs> that makes sense. So, you know, we have to take practical, safe steps to try to work on some of these wounds. So, today that's what we're going to talk about. Because, listen, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I ain't never. I've never. There's so many wounds that I have, and I I have not brought them up. I have not begun the serious work of acknowledging them and working on them. I can tell you that right now, which is probably why my depression is so bad. Um, Well, one of the contributing factors. But I want to share the information with you guys so that we can all get started together. Call a thing a thing. Y'all know who that is. (laughs) I've been a fan of Iana Van Zant since before she became a celebrity, um, before she became oprah 
and I um, I love her work. And that is one of the realest statements that I have ever heard. Call a thing a thing. You have to put a name to what you're feeling. Because if you don't put a name to what you're feeling, you're walking around and you're broken and you don't know why you're broken. Who broke you? What broke you? And I used to think that that was bullshit. You know, when people would say, oh, well, you got to acknowledge it in order to work it. But I'm finding out that it's true. Now, it took me 50 years to find out, but, but I'm finding out that it's true. Because if we don't sort of dig down into our guts and acknowledge the pain, then how are we ever going to heal it? Because... You know, say, for instance, you say, oh, well, I've got some pain deep down in my bones and I'm going to go to therapy. And when you get to therapy, what are you going to say? What are you going to say is hurting you? What are you going to say about who is hurting you? What are you going to say? What name are you going to use to describe where you're at and how you're feeling? And so never, ever be ashamed to say that you're living with trauma and never, ever feel like your trauma is not as bad as some trauma. Uh, I had um, dinner with a friend last week, and she said something similar. And I'm like, no, 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 we have to stop doing that. We have to stop trivializing the way we feel. If you are hurting, then it's okay to say that you are hurting. You don't hurt any less because, you know, the person down the street is hurting more. It, that That's not how it works. Your pain is your pain the intensity is your intensity, your level of intensity, and it needs to be healed. That's it. Don't let me hear y'all say that no more. <laughs> but I know I'm going to say it. And so there are different ways that we can work on the, the core wounds. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll remind you guys of some of the things that I said last week. So there's the abandonment wound, which is the fear of people leaving you. The guilt wound, <laughs> feeling like you have to save everybody. Um, <laughs> I was laughing last week when I was reading about something about this, and I thought of the phrase Captain Save-A-Ho <laughs> because that's what, what it is. Like we, we feel like we have capes on and that we have to save the world, and, and that's not our burden to bear. Like we have to save ourselves. The betrayal wound. Yeah, that's like self-explanatory, you know, like I said in the beginning, how do you honor people that didn't honor you? Um, How do you get over that betrayal, the neglect wound? How do you heal from the people that brought you into the world? How do you heal from them not loving you? How do you heal from not from them not giving you what you needed? How do you heal from that? that? That's. That's that's what that's one of my hardest wounds to heal the, the with the mother and the father thing. I don't know I, I don't know how or when <laughs> you know if it's ever going to heal. And one of the ways um, you guys know that I'm a writer, so whenever I hear that you have to sort of recognize things or you know, keep track of things, I'm going to always go to writing. And so some of the ways that 
is suggested to start working on your wounds is to write them down. And you can write them in a journal, you can write them in a diary, you can write them on your phone. You have your notes app, <laughs> you know, um, write it anywhere that you feel comfortable and write it somewhere that you have access to it at all times. I know that I'm a horrible sleeper and PTSD is part of the reason why I'm a horrible sleeper. And so I think that if I force myself to start keeping something by my bed to write down what I'm feeling, what I'm afraid of, then maybe that will help the hamster to calm down at night. I'm not saying that that's, you know, going to heal everything and, and kill the hamster. <laughs> but if, you know, maybe that'll slow the hamster down on that wheel for a little bit. Think about what keeps coming up. You know, if, like betrayal, if that word keeps coming up, when you're thinking about the wound that you have, write that down. You know, if if the rejection wound keeps coming up, write that down because that means that that is one of the things that is at the top of the list of your wounds that you need to work on. And this journey is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> you know, um, I can tell you that And I know that you guys know my story, but I want to say that I really, really got sick in 2006. So we're going on 18 years of me living in this abyss (laughs) of depression. And it hurts, you know, and it's exhausting. The journey is exhausting. And whenever you feel like you've conquered one thing, here comes another thing. And that's hard to deal with because you sit there and you say why do I have to keep going through this you know like haven't I suffered enough I don't know the answer to that I just know that we have to start finding a way to heal it and if we can't fully heal it then let's find a way to cope with it so keep keep track of what comes up the most What angers you the most? What makes you cry the most? What aches in your heart? Because I know when I'm, when I'm, you know, feeling something, my heart hurts. I don't know if everybody's like that. My heart hurts. What hurts your heart when you think about it? You know, um, what really like makes your guts turn upside down? (laughs) You know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but really, you know how you feel when you're in turmoil, like. It's, it's, it's pain and it's not just, oh, I have a boo-boo. This is an internal wound and this is something that you have to dig from the outside and the inside out. How do you get down in there? And those are the things that we have to start writing down. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to write it down on Monday and, and figure it out by Friday. No, but start keeping track of the, the thoughts that come into your mind. Because nine times out of 10, that thought is connected to one of your wounds or some of your pain. And this is not, there's no age range. (laughs) You know, I uncovered that my abuse started when I was very young. And the abuse that I do know about started when I was very young and continued. And so, you know, if something traumatized you yesterday, 
you, you still have a right to feel wounded. You still have the right to feel hurt. It doesn't matter how long you had it, when you started. None of that matters. All that matters is that you are hurting and you need to heal. It's hard. I tell people all the time that I have walls that are higher than <laughs> Fort Knox. I call them my firewalls. You know how um, <clears throat> they say that you have firewalls in your, <laughs> in your computer and stuff? Well, I have firewalls. And mine is so deeply hidden that I don't know how to, to get that low to figure out how to start working on it. And I, a lot of my wounds are related to my parents. And so I know that that's hard for some of us because they're your parents and you are taught to always respect them and, and treasure them and, you know, honor them. And so it's very hard to accept that you can't do that. You know, um, I, I found this, this quote by Steph Wagner, and it says, the people who were supposed to love you exactly as you are didn't, and that left a, na a nasty scar. That's the word, scar, y'all, scar. The scars are so thick and so deep, and scars on the inside, I mean, you can't put Band-Aids on those. And so my firewalls are very, very high. And that's a blessing and a curse because my brain has done what it needed to do to protect me at different times. And for, I, I, I'm guessing that, you know, up until now, because there are some scenes from my life that I didn't uncover until two years ago because my brain protected me so much. But having a firewall also is a curse because it can derail relationships. It could derail your life, where you're going. It can, it can just affect every part of your life, how you deal with your children, how you deal with your coworkers, um, you know, all different types of areas of your life that are going to be affected by it. And so you have to figure out the blessing, and you have to figure out how to handle the curse because nobody wants to be alone, <laughs> you know? Nobody wants to feel like they are going to be broken forever. I feel like that. I feel like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I've passed the halfway mark, <laughs> you know? Like, how long is this going to keep going on? But we have to remember that this is not an easy task. Uncovering some of this stuff is going to leave you absolutely breathless. Breathless. It, it, it could really break you. And it will break you. I'm going to tell you from experience, it will break you. When I first had, when I had one of my first visions, it was, of course, it started a nasty spiral. And I wasn't in therapy when this first started coming up. And so 
I was unprotected when it started. And that's a scary feeling because you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. You're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this now? And you go through all the feelings, <laughs> you know, it's my fault. I did this. I did that. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to leave you breathless. It's going to punch your gut. But would you rather know or would you rather not know? I, I always ask people that question. Are you okay with not knowing? Because you know what? That's okay too. If, if you're okay with not knowing or you're okay with not, you know, acknowledging it, then, then that's fine. That's your choice. You, because at, at the end of the day, you're, you're doing what you need to do to protect yourself. But you also have to understand that when you start not acknowledging your pain, not acknowledging your wounds, then it's gonna, it could mask as other things that are not as healthy. Drugs, work, cigarettes, sex, food. You know, it's going to start to come up in those areas. And so you want to, if you have a healthy way of living with your wounds, then talk to your therapist and figure out if that's okay. You know, is it healthier for you to just let it lay there? And it might be. It might be. So don't feel that your way is the wrong way. EMDR is is a type of therapy. And I don't have the exact name written down, but it's sort of like a, a, a memory type of therapy. And during this therapy, some things came up for me. And all of, when all of these emotions, not even, I can't say that they're emotions, these incidences um, came up. And one of the biggest things that hurt me was that no one protected me. My mother didn't protect me. My father didn't protect me. None of the adults around me protected me. And that's something that hurts me until this day. Because you, as a child, you're putting your trust in the people that are older than you. You're thinking that the adults are always going to have your back. And we know as adults that that's not, as an adult, we know that that's not, you know, that's not how it works because there are some horrible people. Um, but when you're a child, you're thinking, your thinking is that all of the adults surrounding you, they, they got it. They taking care of it. <laughs> They're not going to let nothing hurt you. And then when you start uncovering some of these scars, you realize that it was all a lie, that these people did not have your back. And not only didn't they have your back, but they prevented other people who wanted to protect you from doing that. And that's a fucked up feeling. That really is. The six-year-old Donna is hurting. The 13-year-old Didi is hurting. And I don't know what to say to those youngsters <laughs> to help them feel like they're safe, to help them feel like 
it's going to be okay because that little girl, she doesn't see any hope. She doesn't see any future. She doesn't see any signs of it getting better. And the 50-year-old woman doesn't see that either. So please, if you don't take anything away from all of this, understand that wherever you're at is where you're at. And you are justified in feeling the way you feel. You didn't hurt yourself. You didn't do it yourself. Other people did this to you. And if we don't start holding, we can do it quietly, but if we don't start holding people accountable, then we're just going to continue letting demons stay in our lives. And, and we have to stop. We can't continue to allow them to remain around us and hurt us. I, I was reading as I was researching that it's interesting how your wounds hold you back. And it was saying how they stop you from succeeding. And that's true. My, my, rejection, my rejection wound shows up as I was never good enough. I was never good enough. And I was never given what I needed to know that I was good enough and know that I can do anything in this world. And so now I'm always scared of being rejected. I got two rejections this week and I'm not handling it well. And it's so funny that my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is the one that keeps trying to talk me down, but I'm not handling it well because when I hear no, I feel like I'm not good enough. There's no other. And, you know, they'll give you, oh, well, we loved your work, and, you know, there were so many applications, and there were so many people, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, unfortunately, we can't offer such and such to you at this time. I don't hear all of that other shit. I hear that my work is not good enough. And so I've spent this, let's see, I received one at the beginning of the week. So I, re I spent the whole week deciding whether I'm going to continue my platform. And y'all know I work hard for this platform. <laughs> you know, I worked hard to get here. But it doesn't matter because these people just told me that I'm not good enough. My work is not good enough. And I was never told that I was. And if you aren't given the tools to understand who, who you are and that you are the shit, <laughs> then how do you know? How do you know? You were never, ever, ever told that you were good enough. And how does that work? You know, guys, I don't know how that works. I don't know how, you know, I, I have some friends of mine who are on the outside. All I see is that they have the confidence, all the confidence in the world. I mean, they, everything that they put their mind to, they achieve. They don't put things off, that they don't procrastinate. They get shit done. But it never occurred to me that I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. 
I don't know what they do in order to um, talk themselves up to play the game. You know, like who, I don't know if they have an inner coach. I don't have that inner coach, you know. I just have this inner sad chick um, who feels like, you know, whatever she does is not good enough. And so I guess what I'm saying is that one, every case is different. And the way it would manifest in you is not the same that it would manifest in someone else. And I just keep going back to you have to be kind to yourself because you didn't do this to yourself. We blame ourselves. My relationship ended. It's my fault. My business failed. That's my fault. But the truth is, is that I wasn't giving, I wasn't given the tools to equip myself to handle these things, really, because shit, we think that we, we're in a relationship and we are doing the best we can do. And it, if it falls, it falls. We did the work. But the, the bottom line is this. If I'm telling you that I have firewalls, then that means that any relationship that I was in, maybe they weren't able to get past those firewalls. So you have to accept that you didn't do this to yourself. I always say my wings were clipped when I was very, very young. And therefore, I didn't know how to fly. I didn't know who I was. So be patient with all of who you are. I'm going to tell you all the next thing, and I suck at this, self-care. I am, and I have always been, a, the caregiver. It's just who I am. I make sure that everybody else is taken care of, but I don't take care of myself. Manicure, pedicure, I'm going to feel guilty. Oh, you could have spent that money on something else. Oh, what if you don't have food next week or it, it doesn't, it never fails. I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm going to talk myself out of it. Shopping, I go shopping and <laughs> where some people go and they just pick up what they like, I don't, I don't. I pick up whatever's on sale or whatever's on clearance because I have to save money in case somebody else needs something. And I've, it started out as I didn't have the money, but then it's, it continued. Well, I'm going to save this in case such and such needs this. I'm not going to do this because somebody might need me to do something else. Never, ever have I been good at self-care. I was groomed to sacrifice myself for everyone else. I love cooking. I love coloring. But if I sit down to color, I'll feel like there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing that's more important. Like tending to my mind is not important. I may, there's, there might be an email that I need to read, a, a call I need to make. I'll, I'll feel like something is being left undone if I'm sitting there coloring. If I'm cooking, if especially now that I don't have anybody to cook for. <laughs> you know, if I'm doing cooking something or baking something, well, what else am I supposed to be doing? Because, you know, you're not supposed to make good stuff for yourself. And since you don't have anybody else to make good stuff for, you could just put that shit aside and do something else. But that's not the way it should work. 
If you have an escape, use it. Use it. If you've discovered that dancing, singing, coloring, plants, bird feeding, you know, whatever you think you makes you feel better, then, then that's your escape and that's what you're supposed to do. And I guess we have to put ourselves in the mindset that nothing else is more important than tending to us. And, and you know, you hear the, the statement, if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's true. Because if there's nothing left in your tank, then you're not going to be able to help anybody else. So find your, your escape, find your thing, and enjoy it. It's life-saving. And it'll save your life and it'll save somebody else's. Because I know that if I don't have a cup of coffee... Is dangerous for everybody else. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that's now that's the one self care that I will do every day. Have my cup of coffee. It's a must. It's a must. <laughs> so another um, the next thing is boundaries. And listen, this is something else. Number two that I suck at. And I just want to prepare you guys. Everything that I'm telling you, I suck at. Does that make you feel better? I suck at absolutely everything that I'm telling you. <laughs> it, I do. And so I, I hope it feels better and I hope it helps you to understand that we're learning together. And I'm sharing these things with you, but I'm also trying to take them in. I, I read a quote that says, I'm training my boundaries to be stronger than my empathy. Y'all, listen. My empathy... That, that's my whole soul <laughs> is an empath. Oh, my goodness. And it's, it's a we it's, I don't want to say it's a weakness, because that's so sad to say that, you know, being um, caring and giving and loving to other people is a weakness, but it is if it if you don't know how to balance it out. <clears throat> but that's my whole spirit, an empath. I feel bad for cutting people off, especially if they're family or friends or something like that. I had to do it with a friend. I have to do, I've had to do it with several friends, but um, I, I've had to do it with a friend. And it's it's like a breakup, y'all. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm, I'm leaving you because you're not treating me right. You're not being a friend to me. You're not happy for me. One of my sisters and I, we, we have this conversation at least twice or more a week about friendships and how even though you're, they're your friends, they're, they're not looking out for the best in you. They're not happy for you. And so it took me years and years and years to realize that I had one of those people in my camp. And I sat down and I thought about it. Every time that I was the most broken, they were the, the happiest. You know why? Because they were miserable and they wanted me to stay miserable with them. And then I paid attention to when I was going to find some happiness and they disappeared. They stopped talking to me first. So that's when I realized that, and I, I didn't know the name of, called boundary, you know, but I just knew that I had to put this person on the back burner because 
they're not doing anything for me. My mother, you know, I have to, you know, I had to limit some of my interactions with her because there are things that my mother does that triggers me, that sends me over the edge. And I would eat it, and I still do eat it. I, I would eat it because it didn't want to hurt her feelings. It didn't matter whether she was hurting my feelings or not. I didn't want to hurt her feelings because, again, she's my mother. She's my elder, and I'm not supposed to do that. But so the, the only other way was to sort of back off when I, when I saw those signs showing up. And so you have to set some boundaries on your time, on your emotions, it doesn't matter who it is. It could even be your kids because, let's face it, you know, just because we give birth to them doesn't mean that they're perfect. You know, it doesn't mean that there are things that they do that might not trigger you. <clears throat> so if you feel these emotions coming on, then you need to step back and reevaluate, you know, step back and sort of say, why am I bothered by this? Are, are they doing it on purpose? Do I need to separate myself from the situation until I can deal with it rationally? And not only not only is that the adult thing to do, <laughs> but it's the the gut saving thing to do because you've you've done what's best for your emotions. So boundaries. Here's the next one that I suck at, <laughs> but I, and I really really suck at this one. Forgiveness. One of me. One part of me is like, I ain't forgiving shit. And then the other little voice will say, now, Donna, you know that you should be acting like that. Listen, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's for me. It's not for them. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want answers. I want to know that you felt why you felt that it was okay to treat me like that. I want to know. And it, in my world, if I don't know why you did it, then I can't forgive you for doing it. And, you know, I hear people say, well, you don't have to talk to them to forgive. You don't have to see them to forgive. You, you do it in your mind and in your soul so that you're healthier. I'm not with that. I have, I have not gotten there yet. You know how they say God ain't through with me yet? He's definitely, definitely not equipped me to do those things because, whew. but I, I just, I was thinking, um, my father, my, my biological father is that I will never, ever get the answer to why he treated me the way he did. Never. And, and the people, some of the people that were there when he did it are gone. So they will never tell me why he did the things he did. So now I don't have any answers and I don't forgive him. I don't at all. And I know that that's, that's, hard, that's hard for me to live with. I know that I need to do this for myself, but I can't. I can't because, again, he was one of the people that was supposed to protect me. So... You can figure out how to forgive in your own way. If you 
my therapist and many therapists throughout the year. Everything is always, why don't you write a letter to that person? And okay, <laughs> you know, that's why I say, okay. And I start writing and then I start crying and then I get angry and I stop. So find out what, which way works for you. Writing it down, writing them a letter, having a pretend conversation with them. I've heard people say that that's, that helps them find a way. But don't kick yourself if you're not there yet. Because if you think about why we're living with these wounds, there are traumas that contributed to that, right? And so how do you forgive an act, a serial murder, a serial killer. Like, how do you forgive a serial killer, right? I don't know. How do you do that? And there are people in our lives that are serial abusers, that, like, they've abused us all, their, all our lives. How do you forgive that? And that has to be your personal, your personal road, you have to decide how you're going to do it, what method works best for you, and whether it's time or whether you, you have to wait until later because maybe forgiveness will bring up more hurts than you're ready for at this time. But the blah, 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 and the yada, yada, yada <laughs> of forgiveness is key. And it's not just key to the people that caused you trauma. It's, I guess, it's the key to everything. You know, you cannot hold on to grudges because it's going to make you sicker than you already are. Like, these things are eating you inside, and that motherfucker is somewhere skipping down the street eating ice cream. So, I guess if you look at it that way, you know, like, I want to have ice cream too. <laughs> so, figure out your method, figure out your timing, and go for it. But don't beat yourself up because you're not there yet. Support. You know who your team is. You know who your circle is. Your friends, your family. Like you know who's ride or die and who's got your back. And that's key to healing some of these wounds. And, and I'm not saying that you have to call your friend up and spill everything. You know, my closest friends, there are a lot of things that they don't know. But they do know that there's something there. You know, like I can say, there are some abuse issues that I'm dealing with without telling them everything because I haven't pinpointed it myself. I haven't said it out loud myself, so I can't say it to somebody else. But I can let them know that I'm hurting and that I need their support. And that's, I'm going to get it. So, Support is key. And let me just say this. Just because they're family does not mean that you have to like them and you have to put up with them. <laughs> okay? And it does not mean that that's your support system. Because people are people. And just like you have some fucked up friends, you can have some fucked up family members too who are also plotting your downfall. So... I'm saying, pick your team, pick your ride or die, pick the people that you know are going to put on the earrings and put the Vaseline on 
and go down with you. <laughs> okay? Those are the people that are going to make sure that you make it out alive. I can guarantee you. Affirmations. Now, this is another thing that I think I, well, I've always said is kind of corny, <laughs> but it's not. Like, I was reading for a Bible study the other night, and part of the, you know, one of the chapters in the book was talking about how affirmations are important because if you're speaking positive things over your life, then that's what God wants for you. He wants the best for you. And if you're constantly speaking negativity onto yourself, then you're not giving yourself to be the person that God wants you to be. That's that's in a, in a nutshell, <laughs> you know. So I said, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, it, it's not, that's not the same as, you know, the person that says chant and say you are the best in the world 52 times in the mirror and then you're going to be healed. No. <laughs> no. Affirmations are something, a positive wording that you say every single day. Or, you know, you're, you're complimenting yourself. You're talking to yourself. You know, positive, I, I call them positive love letters to yourself. You know, you are worthy. You are doing great. You are beautiful. Your soul is beautiful. Your aura is awesome. Like, things like that. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys watched the show Mary Jane when it was on with Gabrielle Union. And that's what she had on her mirror. She had post-its up around her bathroom mirror. And everywhere she, I think it was pretty much everywhere she went, she would have a post-it with an affirmation on it. And every time somebody says affirmation, I'm always reminded of that. And if that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. I have, I have things around my house that are in different places that I can look at. So when I lay in my bed, I have a, a sticker over the door that I got at the Dollar Tree that says, yes, you can. And then there's another sticker on another door that says, you know, you're winning. There's, you know, just different things around my house that I can look at that will tell me that I'm okay. You know, because I never, ever think that I'm perfect. I never, ever even think that I'm good enough. But sometimes you just need to hear that you're okay and that helps you. So find your affirmation style. <laughs> you know, if it's stickers on your bathroom mirror, then do that. If it's a tattoo, you know, I've seen people do that too. Uh, I know both of my daughters have tattoos and they, they have different things on them, but there are things that they can look at to remind them of things. So <clears throat> find your affirmation style. That's, that's what I'm going to call it, your affirmation style. And Patience and acceptance. And so patience is ex and acceptance. And forgive me for turning the page because I want to tell y'all sidebar that when I tell y'all that I wrote notes on top of notes and pages on pages, top of pages for, for this episode, I did both episodes. But be patient with yourself because everybody's timing is different. Everybody's road is different. And everybody's process is different. So give yourself grace. Digging down into these hurts is some hard shit. 
It really is. And beginning the journey, that's badass. To even acknowledge that you need help starting the journey, that's badass. You know, and one of my favorite things to say is you're a superhero because you are. Because you said, you know what, something is not right and I need to fix it so that I am healthy and the people around me are healthy. And so give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself praise. Give yourself patience because this is not a one-day thing. You know, you're not going to write down... You're not going to write down the mother wound and then the next day it's going to be healed. It's, it's not going to happen. And so I want you to always, always, always give yourself credit for what you're doing. You know, be compassionate with yourself. Think of how you would treat another person that you know is, is hurting. Okay? So... I'm going to post some of the books and, and articles that I got some of this information from. I'm going to post them on my website, and I will also try to list them in the show notes so that you can go when you're listening to the episode and sort of write down, jot down what you might want to read about. But find a way. You know, if, if you don't have a therapist, Maybe find a therapist and start the process so that you will have somebody to talk to that's trained to deal with some of the stuff that might come up. It's going to be okay. It is. Even though I cried five times today, I have to keep saying that it's going to be okay. And I have to keep telling you that it's going to be okay. Because as long as we work on this together then as long as we're working on this together, then we're going to get somewhere. I thank you guys for listening. I hope that you have some good stuff to take away from this that will help you begin the healing journey. If you ever need more information or if you just want to share something with me, please, you have all of my social media handles my email address, everything is on my website, divawithdepression.com. You can always reach out to me, message me, whatever. I'm here to help you, and I will help you get the information that you need. Thank you to Illumination Media and Technology for all that they do. Guys, please, please, please take care of yourselves. I want to end with something that I found 